Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Vince. And I'm Ashley. And we are the lead pastors of the Outlet Community Church. And wherever you are in the world, our heart is to add value to your life. That's right. Whether it's an encouraging word, whether it's a topic in the Bible, whether it's a life skill that you're looking to develop and hone in on, allow us to be an outlet for you. Yes, and our prayer is that wherever you are, whether you're right here in service or you're out in the world in the nation, listen, our prayer is that God meets you right where you are. We all have needs, we all have things, but our God is able and he's able to bless you and get you where you need to be. We have hundreds of hours of digital content that is available for you to consume yes. free of charge. Freely we receive, freely we want to give <laughs> it back to you. So make it a point to check out our page, check out our website at the yeah. Outlet Community. Dot com and you'll be able to find countless hours of videos, podcasts, and other material to help you grow in your walk with God. Hey, if you like some of the content, like, subscribe, share it, and we'd love that. <laughs> See your family and friends. So open up your heart and get ready to receive all that God has for you. looking at as we are still we are able to see God's hand at work Matthew chapter 1 verses 16 and 17 says Jacob was the father of Joseph the husband of Mary Mary gave birth to Jesus who is called the Messiah all those listed above include 14 generations from Abraham to David 14 from David to the Babylonian exile and 14 from the Babylonian exile to the Messiah. Now let's go from Matthew chapter 1 to Luke chapter 1, and we'll look at verses 26 through 30 for our opening text as well. It says, In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary, she was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you, confused and disturbed. Confused and disturbed. Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Mary, the angel, told her, for you have found favor with God. I want to continue part three of Silent Nights on the subtopic of silence the fear. Silence the fear. Let us pray. Lord, I thank you just for your presence that is here among us. 
we've been able to experience joy. We've been able to experience laughter. But most importantly, Lord, today, we're here to experience you. So during our time together in the word, I'm asking for your presence to be here, to lead, guide us in every facet. We praise you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 This was such a unique text as I took my time in reading each word and attempting to place myself in the feeling and the moment of a story in which we read on an almost annual basis. And a common theme that that I've seen is when the Lord shows up or he sends a messenger or an angel to show up, shortly thereafter, the angel has to say, do not be afraid. Do not live in fear. Do not be terrified. Because what we are seeing is that often after periods of silence, that God shows up suddenly, but he doesn't want the answers to his prayer to catch us off guard or by surprise. But he wants us to be reassured and comforted in him. See, in this season of Advent, it reminds us of God's faithfulness through the themes of hope, peace, joy, and love. And so the birth of Jesus, as we're beginning to look at, it marked the fulfillment of God's promise from the beginning. But when I back up to Luke chapter 1 and verse 28, this year there was a certain word that kind of caught my attention and I just had begun to meditate and, and, and look at. And in verse 28 it says, Gabriel appeared to her and said, greetings favored woman, the Lord is with you. It was this word favor that stood out. And my interpretation or my understanding of favor was, from what I thought, something that was always exciting, something that we always pray for. And I believe that we should pray for favor But I want to also caution you that as you're praying and expecting favor, that there's another side to favor that we need to be aware of. You see, often God sends favor in areas where we're tempted to have fear in. And when you're favored, you have to realize that God is giving you his grace so that you can do what you otherwise could not do without him. So when we pray, Lord, favor me, Lord, bless me, Lord, cause your hand to be upon me, what we are giving the Lord permission to do is to have his way when the circumstances are not always favorable. So in verse 29, when after Mary has heard from Gabriel that she was favored and the Lord was with her, typically you would think that she was excited. She couldn't believe herself. She got up and did a little praise dance. She shouted and said, thank you, Jesus, for talking to me. That was not what verse 29 said. After she heard she was favored, after she heard the Lord was with her, she was not only confused, but she was disturbed, and she was trying to figure out 
why God was sharing with her what he was sharing with her. And if we're honest, when God begins to download what he's asked you to do, and you begin to get a revelation of the magnitude of what he's asked you to do, the natural temptation is to say, whoa, 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 I know you're not talking to me. The way you know God is calling you to something is when you are really sober about what he's asking you to do, you realize, I cannot do this without the grace of God. If anybody has ever lived a little life, if anybody's ever obeyed a word that God has called you to do, you will realize that when God calls you to something, he does not exempt you from the trouble that meets you. When God calls you to something, he doesn't remove the adversaries and the adversity that comes with what he's called you to do. But in place of removing you out of something, he empowers you to go through something. And that is where he gives you his favor. So instead of us thinking that favor is going to cause us to escape from what we're in, Favor now has to register to us that it is God's power to enable us to be greater than what comes against us. But the thought of knowing that this, if anybody in here is in a tough season, an uncomfortable season, an uncomfortable place, I wish I could be like some of these preachers to just lie to you and tell you that by the time I you leave church today and you get in your car. It's all going to change. I'd be lying to you. It's not going to change. If, if, if your car was busted when you got in, your car going to be busted when you go right back outside. It, life will not immediately change. But in every moment, God's favor is changing you and equipping you to handle the pressures you're facing. So, yes. God has favored us. But when God has favored you and he's given you this gift of his grace, unto much is given, much is required. The other side of favor. Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. She tried to process in her natural mind, what is this angel talking about? What is the Lord trying to do in my life right now? And sometimes when we get into our own head, trying to reason out our own plan, trying to figure out our own way, and we realize that our efforts are finite, that's when we're introduced to the temptation to fear. That is where anxiety is introduced. Anytime we try to naturally reason out God's plan, we will always be afraid of what's next. As opposed to realizing that if it's his plan, it's going to be his favor that helps me to complete his plan. He says, don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. The fulfillment of the word is going to come to pass through the obedience of Mary. But I want to give a little Bible today. Many times people are 
coveting to see the supernatural or to have the supernatural take place, that they're searching for the spectacular demonstrations of God's power. And although in various moments and in various times we will see the supernatural and the spectacular, as I've looked throughout Scripture, I have also noticed that angelic visitations often strengthen you for the difficult road ahead. So whenever we have these powerful moments, if you've ever been praying and you just have had a powerful moment, if you've ever been in a worship service and you had a powerful moment or you've been on your own and you've had this powerful moment with God, the reality is you need that powerful moment to anchor you in the difficulty ahead. Let us put ourselves for a moment into Mary's shoes. Sometimes we're tempted to read the text and to then put our Western mind on what we're reading, but we have to understand that these silent years were ended with God selecting someone, the woman Mary, the young woman Mary, who was in a place where she had no human rights. She had no stature in the culture. And he said that I am going to have my redemptive plan flow through someone that the culture would disregard or consider less than. And she needed this visitation from the angelic to strengthen her for what God was asking her to do in the most natural form possible when you consider the mindset that God was asking Mary to believe to supernaturally have her to have a conception that was not from any human person, but to be pregnant out of wedlock in its most simplistic form, God was giving her a natural death sentence. And she had to either accept it or reject it. When God gives us favor, his favor is the great equalizer. It levels the playing field. He takes who others throw away. He takes who others disregard. He takes what others might minimize and he highlights it for his purpose. And so in your life, when you have powerful moments with the supernatural, especially with the Lord, and angels show up on your behalf, they are there to strengthen you. I think of the times that, there are three times in my life where I have sensed an angelic force with me. The first time was in 2002. I was 15 years old, and my mother woke my brother and I up in the middle of the night. It was about 2 a.m., and she said, I want you all to come into the room. And as we came into the room in her bedroom, we looked up in the ceiling, and this large structure, this large beam with broad shoulders, a slender build. I mean, it was just something that we had never seen before was in the ceiling with his hands shaped in prey. And immediately we knew that this angel was calling our family to pray. What we didn't know is that in the next couple of months, as we were making our transition from Detroit to San Antonio, 
that the next three years will be some of the worst years my family has ever experienced, including homelessness. And it is the Lord who showed up in extreme favor and extreme power, but he was cautioning us to pray. I remember another time in 2007, another uh, angelic visitation took place when I was working as a, a shift manager for a local grocery store. And I was in Oklahoma at the time, and they were, <laughs> one thief was robbing every single one of our stores and going by the block, robbing the stores by the block. And so I was on 71st. He started on 31st. And so we found out that this burglar hit 31st. We found out this burglar hit 41st. And I kept on showing back up to work. Then the burglar hit what? 51st. And so, you know, I'm like, all right, Lord, um, y'all going to have to catch him. <laughs> so then I heard he hit 61st. And so I'm 71st, which means you next. And I genuinely wanted to seek the Lord. I said, God, I need your intervention because this guy has hit four of our stores and we are supposedly next. And in that moment, I saw these two angelic beings standing outside of our grocery store entrance. My apartment complex was right behind the grocery store entrance and I saw angelic beings at every gate. And the Lord encouraged me that uh, no weapon formed will prosper. I have sent my angels on assignment for you. Notice he did not say, and go ahead and turn in your resignation. No, he said, go back to work, but my angels are there for you. And that following night, I'm going out to get the carts from the parking lot and all of a sudden, I see two squad cars with their lights on to the right of our building. And as I'm looking over to the right of the building, there's a guy with his hands on his head saying, I'm not going in there. I'm not going in there. Those guys are outside. I am not going in there. That was the burglar. So many times people are praying for these supernatural, spectacular experiences, but they are sent specifically to anchor you during extremely difficult times. That's the favor of God. God reminds us of his favor when we face unfavorable situations. I'm reminded of Paul in Acts chapter 27, verses 23 through 25. Paul was on a boat and he spoke up and said, for last night, an angel of the Lord to whom I belong and to whom I serve stood beside me, beside me. And he said, don't be afraid, Paul, for you will surely stand trial before Caesar. What's more, God in his goodness has granted safety to everyone sailing with you. So take courage, he said, for I believe God. It will be just as it said. God gives angelic support to strengthen you before tough times. Going back to Luke chapter 1, verses 34 through 38. As we continue in verse 34, Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? 
this? I'm a virgin. So she's still trying to figure out how is God going to do what he said he's going to do? Verse 35, the angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. And this is what I want us to focus on in verse 37. For the word of God will never fail. If God has called you, if he's given you his favor on your life, no matter what you have to endure, no matter what you have to face, his word will never fail. But verse 38, here's the response. It stands out to me. Mary said, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. As we see this progression, she went from confused and disturbed to ultimately submitting to the plan and purpose of God. It was not without trouble. In fact, not too long after the birth of Jesus, there was massive genocide of young men ages three and under. Real persecution. There was an angel who then had to go and speak to Joseph to say, hey, do not put Mary away. This is truly a work of the Lord. There was trouble all around, but it was the favor of God that undergirded them. But the last thing that, that stood out to me outside of the other side of favor is the power of silence. And the power of silence is knowing when to speak and also knowing who to speak to. Sometimes what God is asking you to do is not for everyone's entertainment nor consumption. Sometimes what God is asking you to do is so monumental that there is a particular place and a particular space that he would have you to share it in, and you just can't go around blabbing and talking to everyone just because. There's a power in silence. In verse 39, a few days later, Mary hurried to the hill country of Judea, to the town where Zechariah lived. She entered the house and greeted Elizabeth at the sound of Mary's greeting. Elizabeth's child leaped within her, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. The individuals that you know that you're to share with, everyone has a piece about what you're sharing before you even say anything. That's how you know you're in good company. That's how you know you're in, in good, good community is that there's a peace with who to share. And you need to guard your sharing, too. If you don't have peace, keep your mouth shut. Everyone that's with you doesn't mean that they're for you. And sometimes we have to wait until we get a peace. And someone else that we're talking to has a piece before we begin sharing the exclusive details of what God is asking you to do. Some things that God tells you, you've got to pray out so that you know with specificity what he's asking before you share it with the masses. And so 
if social media was out in that time, and Mary being a teenager like the teenagers that we know, can you imagine the Lord telling her that you are going to carry the promised child? What? Oh, my God. <laughs> Look at the Lord. I'm God's chosen. Hashtag blessed. Hashtag favored. Hashtag angelic visitation. You know. <laughs> she knew she had to go to a safe space. And before she opened her mouth, God confirmed already what was within her. And so Elizabeth gave a glad cry and exclaimed to Mary, God has blessed you above all women. And your child is blessed. Another note here. Find environments that speak life into you rather than take life from you. That's your prayer circle. Who's speaking life? into you? Who is encouraging you toward what God is asking you to do? And she said, why am I so honored that the mother of the Lord should visit me? And when I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. Verse 45, you are blessed because you believe that the Lord would do what he No matter what fear arises, you have to be convinced that the Lord will do just what he said. The favor of God goes before you. We have to respond with accepting God's word. I wanted to close by sharing a very unique uh, story with you all. And I want to thank Sam Caldeal for sharing this with me. In 1965, Charles Schultz, a devout Christian and creator of the Peanuts comic strip, was asked to create a Christmas special for CBS featuring the Peanuts characters. He agreed, but with one requirement, that they would allow him to include the story of the birth of Jesus. And although the station's executives were hesitant and tried to convince him otherwise, Scholes was insistent. His wife um, mentioned, Scholes' wife mentioned that he just loved the Bible. And he thought that there were just marvelous things in the Bible that were true. But his collaborators, they weren't convinced that a moment like that Sharing the true story of Christmas was ready for prime time. One person even told him, you can't put the Bible on television. And Charles's answer was, if we don't, who will? As a result, for the past 50 years, Millions of people have watched a Charlie Brown Christmas and heard the story of Jesus and what Christmas is all about. But in a Charlie Brown Christmas, there's a hidden message. 
Linus, a child who seems to have some insecurities as he carries a security blanket with him at all times. In fact, Linus never drops his blanket except for one time while sharing the message of what Christmas was about. Linus dropped his blanket at the exact moment he says the words, fear not. The dropping of Linus's blanket as he recites the Christmas story is no accident. Scholes, a deep man, a deeply religious man, had found a simple yet brilliant way to teach us that the birth of Jesus separates us from our fears. The birth of Jesus frees us from the habits we're unable to break by ourselves. The birth of Jesus allows us to drop the false security we have been grasping so tightly and to trust and cling to him instead. The love of God separates us from fear, which in its simplest form is the absence of love. The good tidings of great joy the angel heralded so long ago were that man need no longer live in the darkness of fear, but in the glorious light of love, God's perfect love. A love that's bigger than any fear and strong enough to overcome even the worst sin and error. Everyone has faults. Everyone commits errors. Everyone sins and everyone shudders at times with fear. But Christ came to bring us hope. Not to condemn us, but to love us without ceasing and to patiently help us along the path to happiness, confidence, security, and love. That is the good news of Christmas. And that's why Linus dropped his blanket. So I want to encourage you all as we step onto the stage of a new year, consider any insecurity, consider any fear, consider any weakness that you can drop at the feet of the Savior and move forward in faith, confident in, his, in the power of his love and trusting in the sureness of his infinite redemption. And as you do, I'm confident that you'll discover other wonders the Lord has written in the stories of your life. Please stand today.